You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. Beautiful summer day. Getting hot out there. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to have to uh, turn a fan on here in a few minutes. <laughs> so uh, we actually have a special guest today, Dave, coming back for his uh, second podcast appearance is our intern, Cade. Cade, welcome uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. I feel pretty special. Two weeks in a row, yeah. two episodes. You know, I, I don't know if, if there's anything I contributed during my internship, maybe it'll uh, be a bump in uh, podcast uh, listens. Right, right. We're going to pick up your mom too. So, <laughs> so that'll be good. That'll be good. We appreciate it. And uh, you're going to be a pro at uh, podcasting, if nothing else, when this uh, internship is over. That's the goal, That's right? right? Right. That's right. Well, we're glad to have you. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a little project you did for us this summer. Uh, you want to kind of share what that is, Cade, and kind of uh, how you put it together? Yeah, definitely. So I kind of like to think of it as, as you guys hired me for my internship this summer and gave me this project to uh, justify your jobs. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, He's so I kind of did it. He's on to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, one of the summer projects for my internship that uh, Nick and gave Nick and Dave gave me was going through and kind of trying to break down what an advisor does and the tangible, quantifiable return that a client receives from that. So there were quite a few good studies out there. You know, Fidelity had some, uh, Russell Investment Group had one, but the big one was Vanguard had a study called Advisors Value and Alpha, Advisors Alpha. So they kind of broke it down into, you know, asset allocation. So, you know, what you're invested in, how you're invested, uh, and then looking at the cost of those investments and how advisors can maximize that. And then portfolio rebalancing. So kind of realigning that portfolio to be in line with your investment strategy and your risk and whatnot. Asset location was another one. So, you know, where your assets are at, what type of account and what type of assets are in each account. And then a withdrawal mm -hmm. strategy from those accounts and kind of how that was structured and then behavioral coaching. So then each one of those was broken down and given a return based on what an advisor can do for a client. So mm -hmm. Vanguard's study kind of said that, you know, being cost effective is about three-tenths of a percent return to your client. Portfolio rebalancing is about 0.14%. Behavioral coaching was kind of a wide range, was zero to 2% kind of based on your, on your client and what you can provide for them. Asset location was, again, same right. thing based on the client's situation, is zero to 0.6%. And then that withdrawal strategy was zero to 1.2%. So if you kind of average all those out and throw them together, Vanguard kind of thinks that advisors return around 3% uh, over the long run. It's not necessarily, you know, 3% a year by hiring an advisor, but that's kind of the, the tangible services. Now you guys do a lot more. I've seen that you do a lot more than just these tangible things. So yeah, that was kind of the summer project. I wrote a, wrote an article on it. So I would imagine that will probably be out on the blog at some point if if the uh, listeners are interested in, in reading the article, it'll be pushed out somewhere. So that was kind of kind of one of the summer projects was not all together. Yeah, we'll we'll link to the article uh, in the podcast notes here, as well as links to the uh, the Vanguard study, if not some of the others. So I guess 
I would, I would absolutely love to be able to tell clients, look, Vanguard's shown, you know, we had 3% value year in and year out. My, my gut feeling is that we ate, we add value in lumpy situations throughout the client's life with us, if you will. What, out of out of the the things that Vanguard raised, what which one struck you as the most valuable? To me, I think behavioral coaching is mm-hmm. the most valuable because individuals, you know, if they want to spend the time, they can they can really do cost effective investing and their own rebalancing and asset location. While it gets tricky, if they have the time and and the know how, they can do it. But what you can't provide yourself is behavioral coaching. You really need an outside party. So Vanguard, I really liked one of the things they talked about was, you know, they kind of compared advisors to emotional circuit breakers and how they can kind of help control mm-hmm. the emotions, you know, of, of investors. So I thought that was really cool. I don't know if you guys have any more insight into that. Yeah, I, you know, I think that one for me was the biggest one that I saw on here, the behavioral coaching side. Now, how you can, you know deduce that down to a 2% additional rate of return. I have no idea. I'm sure they have some good facts and figures behind that. Uh, I guess it's a little bit, you know, it depends on client behavior to begin with, but I do feel like that's a huge one for us. And it's not just like, for to me, it's not just behavioral coaching and like making sure you stay invested, but like having somebody that you can know and rely and trust on so you don't have to worry about that day to day stuff, I think makes a huge difference. Whether you can quantify that as a 2% difference in rate of return, I don't know. But I know from just the standpoint of quality of life, it would I would say it was way higher than the 2% rating that they gave it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would build on that and say that sometimes it's not behavioral coaching per se, like stopping people from making mistakes, but maybe giving them the confidence to do the right thing. And by that, I mean, you know, all this information is out there, right? None of what we do in financial planning is proprietary. You know, it's not it's not something Nick's trademarked or that I've come up with that no other financial planner has ever thought of the information's all out there. And I, I, I think this falls under behavioral coaching, but a lot of what we're doing is filtering and basically saying that this is, this is the part that applies to you out of all these things that you're hearing out there. And here's why. And it's, it's as much a validation process as it is behavioral. Yeah, I would, I would agree kind of from what I've seen, you know, and through my internships and stuff is it's really that peace of mind and that confidence that you can provide to clients. And a lot of times it's, it might not even be about the markets, you know, it might be about something Mm -hmm. going on in their lives or, you know, they're worried about retirement and how they're going to spend their time and, and just kind of somebody to talk to. And, and you're kind of a financial therapist is one of the things I like to call it. And that's just invaluable. So, you know, Vanguard kind of came up with that 2%, I think, because, you know, they took, you know, what the S&P 500 returns and what an individual investor returns. And, you know, the individual investor, you know, underperforms by around 2%. And they're going, well, you know, if you had an advisor, you'd match that, which isn't necessarily true either. But that's where that comes from. But that oh. peace of mind and the confidence... And somebody to talk to that they trust is is truly invaluable, I think. You know, where I think it really relates to kind of where we're at today with all of this AI kind of overtaking things, you know, you can go to chat GPT and get a lot of these things. 
but there's a different interaction when you have to sit in front of another human and there's emotions involved and you have to tell them, Hey, I I didn't save what we talked about because, Mm -hmm. you know, for whatever, and justify that, you know, you're more likely to do those things that you need to do. If it's just a chat robot, you're just going to say, turn it off or whatever. There's no like (laughs) emotional connection there to have to do those things that you said you were going to do because it's just a robot and it's just going to spit out more information. Right. Or, or to figure out contingency plans because something's not working. So how much value did Vanguard assign to picking individual stocks? So that was what was kind of interesting is they really didn't. You know, they said they made it arbitrary. Um, yeah. he was, <laughs> I set you up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you knew that. You read the article. Come on, Dave. You proofread it. Um, no. Yeah, so it's, it's just arbitrary, especially in today's day and age. I mean, and, and with investment strategies. It's just, you know, a lot of the new investment strategies are not, it's not the hot stock of the day. It's, it's you know diversify yourself and stay invested in the long run. And, and if you don't want to do that, you can get stock picks from, mm-hmm. from robots and AI and, you know, they're, you know, Jim Cramer's right. turning out things to buy every day on CNBC. So <laughs> it really doesn't have, doesn't, doesn't have any value anymore. One of my favorite personal finance and investment writers out there, Paul Merriman, he, he said in an article a while ago, that if he could add a half percent a year net after his fees to his clients' investment returns, he had really done his job. Because if you take that and compound it over time, that makes a big difference in people's lives, just that half percent value. And I think it's interesting, you know, Vanguard's come up with a much bigger number, but the truth is it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that to have an impact. As long as we're, uh, you know, providing value above and beyond what people are paying us, that's that's the key, right? Exactly. Well, that was kind of one of the things I did in did in the article was I took, you know, the three percent that you know Vanguard says, you know, that advisors add, and just took an investment that that returns four percent and one that returns seven percent, and over thirty five years, that three percent difference you know, triples the investment. So even if it's a half a percent or a percent, that makes a big difference. And it's kind of interesting. I can't remember who it was, um, but I was, you know, one of the things I was reading was, and it mentions it in the Vanguard article too, is it's kind of hard to think about that because we think linearly in our daily lives. We don't think exponentially. Mm -hmm. So to really grasp that. And then the other thing is, is, and you mentioned it earlier, is this doesn't come 3% 3% every year, you get 3%, 3%. It really comes in lumps. And so, you know, right. one year, maybe the behavioral coaching aspect really saves somebody and, and really returns a lot of value. And then the next year, maybe it's the withdrawal strategy as they enter retirement. And so it's not necessarily that each one of mm-hmm. these categories is cut and dry and returns the same value every year to a client by hiring an advisor. There's another aspect that they don't address which I think is interesting to think about at least. So, so sometimes we'll have a client come in who is oblivious to the amount of risk they're taking. Okay. And say they're, they're 60 years old, getting ready to retire in a year or two, they've invested their entire career and just put everything in stocks and it's worked out great. Right. But now they're at a point where we actually have to tell them, look, 
you're going to start withdrawing from this portfolio. So now we need to take some risk off the table. Now, there's a chance that what we're doing, there's a good chance that what we're doing when we when we advise them to do that is actually hurting their returns because we've got to mm-hmm. account for that risk, right? And it's a there's a good chance it won't ever happen, kind of like paying for car insurance, right? You're spending several hundred dollars a year for something you, you hope never happens. But if it happens, you need to make sure you've got the car insurance. It, you know, we, we have to prepare a client when they're shifting into distribution mode for a potential market catastrophe, right? We have to take a portion of that money and put it into something safer so that they can withdraw it. If, but there's a chance that will never happen. And if they had just gone through life oblivious to the risk they were taking, they may have a larger portfolio 25 years from now. So, so when we talk about cost and benefit, you know, some of those intangibles may actually reduce return, but they are important to keep in mind, you know, that that's, that's an important aspect of financial planning, that risk capacity factor. I would add to that, Dave, as well, for a lot of people, sometimes it's about teaching them and helping them spend money, which they're not always great at, right? Like the flip side of growing mm-hmm. wealth and adding value is being comfortable to spend money that you have, that you've saved for a long time. True. And that doesn't necessarily show up in this study. It goes the other way, right? It's like, hey, you've got right. all this money and we're doing all these things. Do you want to die with millions of dollars or do you want to maximize the time you have right now? Right. Like those are right. conversations that we had that don't necessarily, quote unquote, add value to the portfolio, but certainly add quality of life and, and a lot of other things. Right. That's a good point, too. So at the end of the day it's nice to look at an investment firm's analysis that has this nice big number, but it's very subjective. It's going to be different for everybody. Well, if I'm looking at this from the consumer side, I'm going into these things and I'm in, if I'm interviewing a financial advisor, I want to know not necessarily what your portfolio is going to look like. I want to know how you're going to help me with the behavioral coaching when things go wrong. Like what things are you doing to make sure that you know how I feel and how to, you know, keep me on track or whatever that is. And obviously withdraw order. If I'm going into retirement, I want to have a very long conversation about how you're going to structure my withdrawal order and what your thoughts are on that and how that all plays into it. Not necessarily what you're going to, you know, instead of just getting a portfolio proposal, I want to know about those things. Right. So I'm jumping into our list of future podcast topics right now. And I'm putting on there the questions you should be asking that you're not, you know, because because most people right. do ask about the, you know, what's what what are you going to invest in? What funds do you use? You know, what's what have returns been like on that model? And uh, mm-hmm. there it, it's not that those are bad questions. It's just that you don't get a, a complete view of where the value really comes from. But yeah, I mean, that, that, that stuff is super important. But if you're going to pay for a financial planner that should be a part of it. Shouldn't be the only thing that you're getting, right? Like, right. You right. want to get the behavioral coaching. You want to make sure that that's a fit. You want to make sure the withdrawal order stuff is there because that's going to add a ton more value than just having an investment portfolio that's allocated and the asset location and all that stuff that we talked about. So, so Mr. Cade, what do you think was your, your, your main takeaway as you, obviously you're starting your career. Did this uh, scare you off or do you feel like you can, uh, 
you can go out there in the world when you graduate next year and deliver on some of this stuff. No, definitely. I think it's really cool. I think it's cool that, that, you know, there's this, this data to kind of back up the tangibles because, you know, you can back that up. But like you guys just said, there's so many intangible things and, and that's, it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to explain that to your client and they go, well, why am I paying you? Well, now you can go, well, look at this study. Here's one thing that why you're paying me and justifies the cost plus, you know, the, the, the intangible things and the, the understanding your clients. And, and like you guys were saying, the, you know, you guys do a wonderful job, I think, of, of really truly understanding who your clients are and what they want to do with their money. And, you know, the data point surveys, um, all your fit meetings when you get a new client and truly understanding who your client is, what money means to them, what their goals are in life and being able to, to, to deliver on that and really help them out. So, you know, it's in addition to these, you got this to back you up, right? You know, I'm 22 years old starting a career and it's like, oh, hey, look, I can return 3%, you know? Yeah, that doesn't really matter, but it's there. It's there in the background if, if you have to use it to market yourself. But, but there's so much more to it. I think you guys did a good job touching on that. And I think that's what's really cool about the job. I will call this a successful internship then. <laughs> I would <That's> too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. That's what I like to hear. I, uh, Good. I think Good. that uh, you know one of the big takeaways from this summer was was kind of what my future um, financial planning kind of creed will be, and I think really understanding clients and what money means to them, and it's not always growing their portfolio to the largest number you know it's the peace of mind it's helping them achieve their dreams and their goals and uh that was kind of my big takeaway from the summer well we definitely enjoyed having you and we probably learned just as much from you as you did from us so now you got a week or so left we're gonna squeeze every bit of that out of you so <laughs> but uh it's been yep. a great pleasure for yeah us send for me sure. some more projects <laughs> thanks for doing this thanks for coming on yeah <laughs> There you go. Yeah. All right. So if our listeners have any questions, yeah, you bet. If our listeners have any questions about this episode or other episodes that you'd like to hear about, feel free to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. Kate and Dave, it's been a pleasure. Fun as always. You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical.